This media is brought to you by Polyscope. Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Hey! Hey! <laughs> there he is. Why does it say you waiting? Sound happy and jolly today. What is uh, that? Uh, I shouldn't be. Chris, you always are happy and jolly. You're just your your mental anguish is what's problem the problem. And you you hide it really well. What mental anguish? I don't have any mental anguish. Oh come on, you're you're <laughs> so so you're not uh, black pill anymore. What black what black pill? What are you talking about? Oh please, the end of the world, right? I mean, yeah. So you jumped right there. You did. In the end, jump. in the end, we are all gone, right? I mean, well, that's true. We're not going to make. We're not going to survive this life. Well, you know, speak for yourself. I don't know how how long do you plan to live? Because I'm thinking at least 110, 120. What about you? Oh, man, you're so. I really thought I was going to die. I really did. I thought I was going to die before I was 30. I, we haven't talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned it. You mentioned it. But so are you saying you're just on borrowed time now? So you're just happy with any any time? I, I'm happy with everything. You know, really? I really I really did figure we were going to go with the thermonuclear war before. Let's see. Up until 1989, I, I, I really thought that I was. Yep, we're going. So I was I was I guess I was fatalist. I didn't give a damn about anything. <laughs> But they were always they were trying to scare the crap out of us. They've always been trying to scare the crap out well, of yes, us. Yes, and they succeeded in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and then the wall, and then the wall fell, and I went, "Oh, maybe there might be a little bit something longer than that." Yeah. <laughs> so my nose is so we got allergies again. Supposedly the the green pollen is gone. But there's something else floating around that's been irritating me for the last day or so. So, oh no, I hear you may, you may, do I have a mute button? Let's see, so I can mute it before I blow my nose. Yeah, you just press the space, space okay. bar. Okay, just press and hold the space bar, and then you let go of the space bar to mute. Oh, okay, uh, so it worked. Yeah, it's just that. like it's your, it's some, it's a magic zoom mute button. <laughs> uh, you learn all this stuff. <laughs> Well, I've done Zoom for so long now. It's like the, when it became a thing, it became a thing. So now, now I'd use it for my shows and everything. So, uh, so, so you're you, you're not planning to live another 40, 50 years? No, I, I, I let's see. I I turned sixty-seven this month. Yeah. Wow. So, um, let's see. Thirty years we put it at ninety-seven. Yeah. No, I I'm, I think I'm too obese to be to, to be obese. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I I am classified as obese, but I don't think I'm that bad. Well, so am I, but I'm just on the edge of it. 
So yeah, well, I'm not on the edge. I'm a, I kicked that threshold down the road a long time ago. Yeah, but that I, doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, you know, technology, medical technology ex, uh, continues to expand, and who knows? They might be able to find something that keep you healthy. Well, if, I, if, if I get the med beds and and put me, uh, so this is another rabbit hole. You've been down med beds rabbit hole. Med beds? No, no, that's a okay. that's a new one on me. That's a fill, new one. Fill fill me in. Med beds. Supposedly, supposedly we have the technology to how to go back and rebuild our bodies according to the DNA they were born with, or something like that. Oh, is this the is this the cabal? They can do yeah, that. Well, they've they've had it for a long time. Yeah, you know, that's all why all these people is, can. That's why all these people last forever, right? Well, that's how these that's how these uh, fortunes are amassed. They just they put one out there, and somebody else comes along, and the the real person, how do you want to real, um, the <laughs> I guess the source, the source person continues to live forever, and the, the drones or the not the clone, the clones go out there and as the face, and they die off. So this is uh, wait a minute, wait remember, a minute. Uh, oh, the outland. Uh, Outlander? Highlander. 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 Aren't you supposed to... Uh, 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 there is only one. You're supposed to, like, kill somebody, right? You gotta, like, chop their heads off or something like that? Yeah, that you, right? got, you got to you got to take their head and and then you gain their, their life and experiences. Oh. It's kind of like that thing where they... Uh, what is it where uh, you, you eat somebody's... You eat your enemy's heart? Or something like yeah, that. Something you, like you that. take yeah. on their stamina or their, their strength. Same. I mean, we're we're a, we're a pretty uh, savage uh, race. We are a hard time with us. Yeah, we, so. we are pretty damn savage. I, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I, but we're the only I race like, we know. <laughs> what? We're the only race we know. <laughs> right. Well, we're the only. We're arrogant enough to think we're the only race we know. So that's well, the thing. I mean, in general, we feel like we're the only race in the world like that we know of right well we have a book telling us we're supposed to keep take, take care of ourselves in the planet so you know in all the nope. animals which book is that the, the bible then <laughs> genesis the good book the first one the good book does it really does it really say that we just well, supposed... it, in a, yeah i mean because before the fall before uh the apple then uh, we were man was to receive to take care and name the animal. I think is what it was. Okay. And so then, we're supposed uh, to we're supposed to so name we the animal. Hungry, so we didn't and... we didn't do anything. I mean, we were we were in pristine godlike position. Not the way to understand it is he made us in our in he or it or they made us in their image. And they don't need to eat. God, God doesn't need to eat. No, he doesn't need to eat. And he's making our image. So when the fall came, he took that away from us. And, um, oh, that's right. To, that's right. We could live forever. We could have lived. We, you know, yes. Because that's why we, so, that's why you had in the Bible, you have all these folks who lived until they were like a thousand or something like that. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I'm not sure when that happened. Just 
Methuselah was, I think, lived 600 and something years, 690 years. Wasn't it Lazarus, I think? Wasn't he the longest lived dude? You know, I don't remember. And I've been through it a couple of times. But there's so many little items in there that you just, you have to continue to refresh your mind about, okay, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, because I I don't know. Pretty sure he was the longest lived dude, right? I mean, I think. Now, is that the one that was resurrected from the dead by Jesus or the one in the Old Testament? Uh, I think he's in the Old Testament. Uh, because it's like, uh, 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 let's see, he lived like over a thousand years, right? Didn't he? That I don't, I don't remember, Chris. There are other things that are crowding my mind for memory than that. So <laughs> You need to expand your brain. I do. Got any, got any oh, no, no, you're right. Uh, he was re- risen from the rose from the dead. Although you never know. I think maybe. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lazarus. Let's, so let's let's play with let's riff on this just a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's say that Christ re in, um, brought him from the dead. In the, uh, I'm going to kind of combine two things. You you've seen the Green Mile with Tom Hanks and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name? Where he he just gave a little bit of his life to him. Yeah. So just restoring his life could have been enough to make him or allow him to live a thousand years. By Jesus, re- resur- I don't want to say resurrecting. That's not exactly right, true. But by him, by him reanimating or something like that, that magical thing could have been enough correction for him to live for a thousand years. Possible. No, it was Methuselah. That's what I got wrong. Yeah, I told you this. I knew it was somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Methuselah was 969 years. And then you got Jared at 962, Noah at 950, Adam at 930, Seth at 912, Kenan 910. So, yeah, I mean, and then I think the top 10, we've got Shem at at 600. So, he was the he was the shortest of the top 10. <laughs> so, yeah, we used to live for 600 years and then what happened? We got kicked out of the no, like something. Well, I, I it, know wasn't, it wasn't being kicked out of Eden. What happened to shorten our lifespans? What did what did we do? We must have pissed God off real bad for him to do that, or did it just did it just happen over time? Well, I, I know what I so when I was when I was a kid and we we were encountered this and I said, okay, years used to be. When did they establish how long a year was? Ah. Uh, so if a year was an actual year, if a year was less than a year, then it's entirely so, possible. So divided by <clears throat> the only timekeepers they would have had back then was, were was the sun and the moon. Really, I mean, or yeah, and day, I guess. It's yeah, but I mean, that. seasons came and went, yeah, right? So they, although it wasn't the... so think about it. So yeah. Eventually, they had the collective memory to say, oh, the weather is different now than it was then, and the sun is lower in the sky than it was then. So it's a a very slow process to figure all this stuff out. Right. 
it, it when you go back and look at uh the what is it the um not the Aztecs the Mayans with their calendar yeah man be able to figure out that pattern way back then with no computers that's that's a lot of collective memory being aliens put. man must have been aliens well, maybe time, maybe time travelers wouldn't it be something that, I find that one be more credible than aliens probably. Wouldn't it wouldn't it be something if really human beings were really the only race uh in the universe and all the stuff that we're all the things that we're seeing are just time travelers of humans in the future coming coming back in time and messing us up? <laughs> I I am I muted again. Let's see. You were and now you're not. Now I'm not. So you have you you don't have to hold it. You just have to press it and then repress it. I think you just have to hold it while you want it, while you want mm. to be muted. Oh, well, well, I'm back now. So, um, what was I going to say? Eee. So are these aliens, are these aliens just humans from the future? They could be. And I, I, I think that's more awesome than just aliens. Yeah, but the problem with that is that we're, I mean, what's more likely to happen? See, I think a couple of things. It is pretty likely, what's more likely, time travel or aliens? Because we're so damn far away from everywhere, unless we figure out some kind of faster than light travel. And I, I believe that faster than light travel is totally doable, because I think this is just like an arbitrary, that's like an arbitrary limit. Just because we can't see the thing doesn't necessarily mean that we can't travel faster well, than light. So, so what is I went across something last week, and I'm hoping, hopefully, my little mind can remember. It's about it was an article about Tesla, where we're only able to see like one tenth of one tenth of one tenth of percent of the available energy out yeah. there. Yeah, like really, really, really small. Yeah, so I agree with that. There's a lot of other stuff we don't have a clue about. Yeah, there's tons of ambient energy all around us that we need to that we can tap into. I even heard a story about a friend of mine. So it was a, one of my best friends from from high school had an uncle who came up with some way of just creating energy out of nothing, and he was bought out and silenced by the oil companies at mm -hmm. the time. And I totally believe that there are other ways to do these things. We're just not we're just not told them, right? There's so much. It's like it's like it's like the deep web, right? Or the dark web. There's like so much out there that we don't know about, right? That's pr that probably known by a small select set set of people, that is never revealed to the rest of us because everyone's loves everyone has their systems set up the way they want it today, and they don't want those systems to be messed up, so they slowly release things as they want to in order to manipulate the masses and to collect taxes <laughs> if these people are as powerful as they are why do they need money at all that's a really good uh, but well i think it's a marker i think they figured out so let's let's pay on that a little bit okay if you're if you have infinite infinite life and infinite time i'm trying to think of the social uh science fiction thing that's like this where you got an, an infinite amount of time and infinite amount of resources, then you start creating games to entertain yourself. Yes. And we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about trading places. Yeah. It's, you know, it, who who who's to say that there's not a, a 
uh, an intelligence out there that is bored to death, and and you and I are part of their entertainment. Can you imagine yeah. that? It's, they, it's they entirely they possible. to be really, really bored. <laughs> well, if you've if you've lived long enough, like let, you've if seen we, everything. If we, yeah, if we assume that there are immortals, and people have talked about this a lot. You remember that that movie that you that you suggested? I went to see the guy who uh, is was immortal. And it's basically just a conversation with a bunch of people. Oh yeah, the uh, the the one where uh, are you talking about the one where he was he would move out of the people's lives after yep. so long? Yeah, and he was a college professor or something. Yes, like that? yes. And yeah. this time he decided to have like a a party or to get together or to mm-hmm. tell everybody or something like that. Yep. Yeah, but well, that's like it's entirely you got a good possible. memory. Remember that one. <laughs> Well, it stuck with me because a lot of the characters that were in it, the actors who played the characters that are in it, were actually appeared in Star Trek later. Because I oh. think that was, I think some of the producers were connected to the folks who did, who did Star Trek uh, Enterprise and the Next Generation. Because the guy who plays the professor, you know, the gruff guy with the, the longish right. curly hair, he played the doctor on Star Trek Enterprise. Hmm. That same actor. Anyway, <laughs> since I'm trying to remember, I didn't really. I, you, you're much more are deeply versed in Star Trek than I am because there there are so many of those that I got. I, yes, I got, I'm almost. I'm almost. Up. I'm almost too versed in it. Yeah, but, you are. But I think you're right. I think if if there were literally immortal beings around us, I mean, this is a this is a trope in a lot of sci-fi if you've got yes yeah if there's if you are immortal eventually you're going to get bored at least that's the thinking and i'm like really i don't think i'd get bored if i was immortal so so let's take that um well i don't think you would because you're naturally curious and i think while i'm naturally curious i i don't know that i I don't think I ever get bored. I, I that's what I tell myself. I, I think there's just there's just too much to experience. There's just well, it's, and it's, there's more and more every day. <laughs> the uh, I guess for me is like I I talk to you uh, like the Johari window is there's the the window where I don't know and nobody else knows, mm-hmm. and that is probably what keeps me. Like, oh, I didn't know that about me. there because I uh, I don't do it all the time, but occasionally I run across stuff. And I'm like, oh, I never ever thought about that, you mm-hmm. know. So one of them, one of them that I remember recently was after mom passed. I went to the um, grief share, and they said, "You will never be in. You will never be ever be introduced as my son again. Mm-hmm. This is my son." Mm-hmm. And I boy, that hit hard. Yeah. So, you know, there's things that you know that are about yourself that you don't know. Um, so, yeah. Let's let's come up with a theme because this is kind of scattered all over. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with immortality? Immortality is is awesome, if you ask me. I mean, I think we should I think we should definitely go there. I mean, uh, okay. So I, I have this okay, I have this feeling. So here's my thinking. My thinking is that we've already cracked this. So there are people who are here who are immortal. Mm-hmm. They just they just they just won't reveal themselves to be immortal, right? And the okay. reason why they're doing that because is because they just want to maintain it, keep the keep it to themselves, right? 
Why would they... I, why would a, okay, why would an immortal person not want to have, I mean, why would they want to go through the pain of having all the relationships die off? All of them. Because Every, I, I mean, who says, forever. but they're, they don't have, they don't have relationships with the non-immortals. They only hang out with immortals. So you're thinking but that, you're thinking I'm that thinking they, that they're, I'm thinking they're like um, Atlas, that soon he got tired of the gods, so he comes down and gives the humans fire. <laughs> No, they don't. I don't think what happens. I think what happens is that they, they hang out with themselves and they use us as pawns and they play with us. Oh, you know, there's there's that's... there's a there's a cadre of of immortals out there who basically stay with each other. They 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 you know, they have friends amongst the other immortals mm -hmm. and they just use us for play toys like pets. You know, it's kind of like you are our, definitely a Greek. No uh, doubt about our, it. Our, it's like our relationship, like our relationship to our pets is very similar to their relationship to us. Right. So they're immortal or near immortal and they have thousand year lifespans. We have hundred year lifespans and our pets have what? 20 year lifespans. Something so like so we have to they look upon us as pets and they play with us. They goof around with us. They you know, put obstacles in our path to watch us get through them. Oh, that's, that's, that is, wow. Isn't that great what he did, how he overcame that or, Oh, too bad. He died of cancer. Oh, well, big deal. There's always more. We can always make more. <laughs> and they're just above us playing around with us. I mean, you think that's, that's so, possible? So you've written a science fiction story about this, right? No, I'm just coming out. I'm riffing. <laughs> I'm totally riffing. riffing. I'm totally riffing on this. <laughs> You think it's a possible? It's possible, don't you think? It is so. So okay. So now you hit the thing. Everything, every everything is possible. The yeah. next question you ask is how probable. And if you cannot put a number to it, then it's it's just a possibility. It's it's a great. That's the way I think about it. Is is that if you can't give me a number that is an odds, like it's an odd. Uh, the odds are 10,001. Okay, I understand that. That's not very good odds, but it's better than a billion to one. So because you you don't see any evidence of it, that's why you think that... It's possible, not probable. You got to have... I guess um, going back when we think about risk management is we talk about realized risk. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a probability. It is a fact. It did happen. Right. So uh, a realized risk. Now you have a mitigation strategy. Mm. So you have to. So you have. Once the risk is realized, it's no longer a theory. It is now. It is now probable that it will repeat itself, and so you have to have a mitigation strategy. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so you're saying that we would have to see some evidence of it, in some form. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a theory. Truly, it's just a theory. I mean, uh, Rose, Rose and I were working on the garden now, and I'm like, plan it out. But I mean, well, this is going to go here. I said, I don't want to hear where it's going to go. I want to know where where you're putting the seed for this. And she she's really good on ideas, but as far as putting it into concrete, a little bit harder. Mm. And and I was like that too. I, I I think I put this on Reddit or something. Somebody was talking about this kind of topic on INTP or something like that. 
and I, and I, they were talking about how we live and how we're so comfortable with theories, which I was. I love theories, and, and but I've learned that they're not the end all, be all of the way we we have to think about. And the and the way I do that is what's it look like in a room, right? Put it in the room, if you mm. that's how you I take it out of and say, okay, so now I can actually kind of visualize it. It's, I don't I don't say it's a visualization strategy, but it is a you've got to boil it down to where you you're moving it or it's moving or something like that where you can you can interact with it. I guess better way to say that. But that's the only way to know. That's the only way for me to take it out of the possible into the probable. Right. And even then, I mean, I've got a, I've got a thing I've been working on for. Hello. Um, yeah, I'm not. You know, um, maybe we talked about this too. We talked about everything. Um, <laughs> pendulum swings. Did we ever talk about pendulum swings? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we talk about everything. If you go back yeah, over the hundred hundred and plus episodes of the show, we've talked about pretty much it. everything. There's nothing left to cover. Oh, oh, please! <laughs> we come up with something every week. We, I mean, we go back and touch base on something. But anyway, what I was yes, we go back and touch base. Pendulum swings. I've got something I've been working on for probably thirty years. Oh wow! So, no, not thirty years. That's too long. Twenty over twenty years. Over twenty, yeah. This this year would probably be twenty years. I've been working on this thing, and I, and I'm to the point where I really do need to put it into being. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was going to learn Blender so I could learn how to animate this thing, so I could so I could show people what I'm thinking, and then they can maybe manufacture it. But you don't need um, to do any but, of that stuff, do you? Well, if you live in theory, you don't. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you at some point, if you want somebody to make it for you or or sell it, you've got to bring it out of the out of your head. Mm. So, you know, uh, I am not I'm not a super salesman that can look at a vision and sell it to somebody. I, I'm 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 not that good. I don't think. Well, what's this? Is this that that spreadsheet thing you were talking about? Is this the thing you've been working on for all this time? Or oh, is that no, something no, else? No, no. Oh, okay. This is so. This is. Or are um, you not going to reveal it because you know oh, no, it's secret? It's secret <laughs> because every time I talk about it, I don't talk about it very much. And you're something is it's a you know, if you know the concept of pendulum swing, then at some point, and this is where you kind of put you where your your knowledge of one thing. In, uh, informs your knowledge of another thing. Mm-hmm. So, this, did you ever read the book Longitude? No. Oh man, this is one you really ought to read. This is how. Um, what's his, um, her name? Is Davis Sobel, and it's the story of longitude. And I'll get back to my thing here in a minute. And um, it's how. Uh, I remember his last name is Harrison. He, so they developed clocks, and the reason the reason they developed clocks is the problem of longitude hmm. in navigation. They were good on latitude, but they couldn't do they couldn't navigate longitude because that's up and down on the globe, and they you know and the sun goes across, so they were able to do latitude 
by the where the sun was, the, the breeze off the but they had to have really good measurements of time to do longitude. And they, the, as I go through it, she tells a story about how they developed one and it took them four hours of calculation to, to figure out where their longitude was because they didn't have very good clocks. They were doing astronomical readings, I think, mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. And, and this clockmaker, who was a woodworker in England, started working on this problem. There's a, there's a prize uh, for, a con- I don't know if they call it a chronograph or not, but an accurate clock so that they could, they could, um, they could solve the problem of longitude. And this clockmaker, a little, a little old guy in the, in, in, Northern England, he's a wood. He made starts making clocks out of wood, mm-hmm. and then he figures out that wood's wood's not um, sturdy enough or or stable enough to take the beating of the all the clockwork stuff that's going on. So he starts making uh, mechanical clocks or metal metal clocks. And boy, my and, and so he gets to the point where. He figures, you know, he's got the pendulum. They're using that, but on the ocean, which is the the clock's got a part of the test for the prize is to be able to do something on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, the pendulum, the the motion of the ship eventually starts changing the 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 motion of the pendulum and ah. makes it inaccurate. Mm. So he he comes up with counterbalance. By counterbalancing, and I'm not sure the mechanism anymore. I'd have to read the book again. But you you counterbalance the pendulum to mitigate the problems of the ocean, of the motion of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how how can you possibly know how to do that? He, Is it it because... took him like 40 years to figure all this this stuff out, and he's uh... he's refining he's refining and refining and refining and. The problem he has is the Royal Royal Society of Astronomy in England had proclaimed that the only way they would ever do this is the astronomical observations that take four hours of calculations to figure out where you are. Interesting. And guess who guess who was saying this? His name was Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> Can you imagine you're a little guy down here making wooden clocks and you're going up against the sayings of Sir Isaac Newton? Wow. It's really, I mean, I think you like them too. This is a really good story of David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. And I, I love those things. I used to collect them and, and kind of think about them every once in a while. But this is one you can read. Her name, um, there's a, there's actually a movie. Uh, they they made a movie of it with. Um, oh, what's his name? He he plays the guy. So the the clock itself was in um, the Greenwich Observ- Observatory, I think. I think that's right. It's Harrison One or something like this. What's the name of it? And it had gone into disrepair. So this one guy in England 
uh, received permission to repair it. And the movie is about not only Harrison, but this guy. So it's a two stories at once. Hmm. Um, the one that's re rediscovering how the clock was built and the guy that built it and all the stuff goes on. And that's, that was on A&E about 15 years ago. You should be able to find it. Just launch it. I bet it's streaming somewhere. Hmm. I gotta see if I can um, find that because that sounds, sounds really cool. Because for some reason, the other day I was thinking about watches and clocks, and when 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 clocks and watches were invented, well, especially wa- uh, clocks, it's like how did we get from something like a sundial to a clock? Okay, like that so... that, that progression just is is it's just like I thought to myself, wow, that's like how the hell did we do that? So <laughs> I mean, it's now you fascinating into... to me now. The the history of I don't want to say the history of clocks, but the history of time is a I mean the human history of time mm-hmm. is how did we get from like like we were saying earlier you're looking you can't tell the seasons you you have to evolve enough memory and sensitivity to, to figure out that there's a there's something different here than there was three months ago mm-hmm. right. So there, there's a whole lot of there is we, not just sundials. They used to use um, uh, water. They used to use water clocks. Not uh, sundials came like later into the evolution of, of time, and and the, so they're trying to get it more granular. And the best I remember when I read this, this is this one does go back thirty years. Is there? What was his name? Jeremy. Jeremy something. He's a futurist. Mm-hmm. And he did a thing on time, a book on time that I read. And he was kind of talking about talking about how it evolved. And the reason the reason we have this is the monks, I think it's French monks needed to do their their prayers. I mean, it's used to Catholics did prayers like um Muslims do now. They have uh, call to prayer. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the mullah doing it. They had uh, they had the clocks. So they would they would and there would be bells and all this kind of stuff. And they had to get more and more accurate because they wanted to make sure they were doing their prayers at the exact right time. Right, and that's that's when they came up with the that's when they invented it. That's when they started doing something about it uh, to make it more accurate. They started off with water clocks and water clocks. Um, well, like uh, sand, um, water clocks were kind of like um, uh, saying, what am I trying to say? Mm, sand timers. I can't, I can, I'm, I'm, you mean uh, uh, hourglass? Hourglass, yeah. 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 Um, we're like that. And but they they went on the volume. Well, eventually, what happens is the weight of the water remaining changes enough that it throws off the accuracy of the clock. So they have to figure out countermeasures so as the so the the pressure stays fairly stable. And there's there's I mean it's just a fascinating thing to go in. And 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 take. Uh, it, it, I'm not even going to say this is a rabbit hole because obviously it stuck with me for a long time. 
um, some of the stuff that goes on. And, and it's informed, I guess it's informing. Uh, we, uh, surely we've talked about chronemics, right? We talked oh, about yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I looked that up. I thought real, that's really interesting. Why, why, isn't is. there, why isn't there more on that? It seems to me that this should it's be more. It's really hard. It, I mean, it's, it's really, really hard to think about time because you're embedded in it. Mm. I, I think I think I told you, uh, surely I told you that I was writing a paper on this thing, on chronemics. And I had read Edward, Edward Hall's, and I never get the name of the book right. But it's... Mm -hmm. Is he's an anth um, anthropologist, I think, and he wrote a book where there's different types of time, and, and it's it's really a lot of the stuff you're hearing me talk about comes from that book. He talks about how they evolve, uh, how the different populations evolve time. It's it's where I would I would suggest that he does he does space for some reason. I have the book, but I or I bought the book, but I never read it. Is how we construct space too. Do you remember the it name? Does time what was his, what was his name? Edward Hall. That should be enough. That's all I need. There's, to look. <laughs> there, there's like an initial in there, and I, I want to say Edward H. Hall, but I'm not really sure about He's that. He's the author of the Hidden Dimension. Is that him? Edward, that's the one. Edward T. Yeah. Hall. Yeah, that's him. That's him. And uh, the which do you know which book it is? That he wrote uh, what's the silent the language. There's the silent the language, silent the language. hidden dimension, language. fourth dimension in architecture, beyond culture, the dance of life, handbook for proxemic research. Is it the hidden dimension? Proxemic research is 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 space. I mean, hidden dimension. I think is it. Uh, no, it's the silent language. I think. The invisible is space. <laughs> Pardon? Wow, this stuff is interesting. It is, it is, and it's a really, really, really kind of summary of how all this stuff came about. Uh, it's uh, it's a good read. I, I I've read it. I really need to read it again if I'm going to talk about this stuff. But it was enough for me to remember it for a long time. Okay, the hidden dimension is about bubbles of space. But which one is about time? Because he talks about it's silent language. Silent about... language. Then no, that's about. But that's about language. Right. Uh, the silent language is time. Leading uh, vitally important ways people talk to each other without the use of words. So that's not time. Let's see. Maybe he. Maybe it's the beyond culture. Is oh, it that let one? Me see. You're Bye. on Amazon, right? No, I'm on I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm, ah! just, I'm just looking at his books here. Uh, Let me get to Amazon. Is it proxemic research? That'd be no, that's cool. that's by that's top. What that talks about is the proximity. The, oh, it's the, the, da the, the dance of life, the other dimension of time. Is that it? That doesn't sound familiar to me. Let me look him up. It's Edward. like. Uh, yeah, he talks about time in in uh, the dance of life because he had the hidden dimension, which he's talking about space, Maybe and now he's talking about time. The other dimension of time. Let me see. Can I? Can I? Do they still do? Where you can kind of see the the. Yeah, you can do read sample. It says read sample. You can look at that. So this guy was a consultant. 
it's it's amazing how how these people there's just like random people who are doing whatever they're doing in their regular lives seem to have like the insights of the universe <laughs> right well they get curious i mean i was i so mine was is Time is, you want to talk about meta, meta, time is one of those metas, way meta. Mm -hmm. And you had, so I thought, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle this. And this was, this was a semester long project because it took a lot of reading, a lot of reading papers and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And this was when we were starting to talk about uh, multi-time. Pretty much, I won't say it was on the cusp of multitasking, but we were starting to talk about it as in common parlance about multitasking. Mm -hmm. So you had to you had to kind of understand what what that really meant. And there's lots of different ways of looking at it. Like, but if you're really doing multitasking, you're washing clothes. Your task is washing clothes, but you're making dinner while the clothes are washing. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. But you're and not really, you're not really, you're not really doing those two things at the same time. That's a, correct. You're, well, you you're are, starting a process you, off. You're and, you're doing this. You're doing. So this is the thing that will mess with you. Mess with you. You are washing clothes, but you also are. You've got this task, but the longevity of the task means that you have additional time to do something else. Right. So you fit dinner in there. You fit cook, cooking dinner in there. Well, the clothes are going to finish. You're still going to be cooking dinner while the clothes are still washing. So you can probably wash the dishes afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that's three, ta three tasks in the time frame of one. And that's, to me, that's multitasking. And there's, there's, there's all kinds of things when you, when you start breaking that, looking into multitasking. That's a, that's a really, once again, a really interesting story. Is when is, so I would see it uh, see on profiles, uh, 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 dating profiles. I'm a multitasker. <laughs> right, <laughs> you're a multitasker. But what they think, what I think they think they're doing, is they're they're juggling. So they they got a lot of tasks and they got a lot of balls in the air. That's what I think, but that's not exactly the way it is. You've got you've got a task and you've got an extra you've got an amount of time. You're not trying to do too many things at one time. That's not multitasking. Uh, in fact, I saw it yesterday and remind me multitasking is teaching us how to be bad at everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of getting an expertise, and that's that's an interesting thing is how we we. We tend to be, I tend to be more of a generalist than a specialist. In fact, I kind of have, I kind of have a hard time being a specialist, I mm -hmm. guess. Because mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, I guess I lack, lack confidence or something to do it. Because, because. Is it, that what it is? Or is it just, there's just too many things to, that interest you? Well, so. I mean, that's, that's how no, I feel. I think it's confidence. Let me, let me put it this way. You and I are talking time. I hardly ever talk about time to anybody because it's a boring ass subject 
if you're not my if your mind is not prepared if your mind is not prepared for it. What's so boring about time? Time is is well, all we well, have. That's you and yes, that's you and me. But if I were talking about this to Rosa, her eyes would roll in the back of her head <laughs> because it's, it's it takes a lot to. What do you mean? It's, you know, it's like I tell her all the time. All it, everything that happens to her is in her head. The, her knees, her knees hurting is in her head. Yeah, she she does not understand what I'm saying. Exactly, I am you know telling how, her the truth. It's like, did you tell her how painkillers work? They basically disconnect the nerves. It's it, 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 they they dull the the connection between the pain right. and your head, right? Because yeah. the pain that what's happening is the nerves in your body are transmitting to your brain, and, the, and Tyl- Tyl- they're not going to yeah, stop. Exactly, and Tylenol doesn't actually solve the that. pain it just cuts the connection it just reduces right. the the signal from brain from pain to brain from pain to brain <laughs> boy we're both being poets this morning aren't we <laughs> <laughs> that's a, but, that'd be a great great name for a medical podcast if i had if i had the uh <laughs> hey, wherewithal well see okay see now you just ran into one of your confidence things if i and if I had, uh, if you had oh, the background, you don't what need I would do. the background. Yeah, exactly. I could create a medical podcast in five seconds, as long as right. I could, as long as I could get people to come onto the show and talk about it, right? People or, who knew a little bit more about it, right? Or, well, I mean, you and I could probably, you and I could probably, if the way that we think we could take something and rip on it long enough that something would come out. Right. Right. Uh, oh yeah. Never, we're, <laughs> so we're the my confidence, and I, I know this is part of it, and maybe I mentioned it on the on the questions thing that I've been working on. Mm-hmm. Is that the I, thing that you've been working who, on for thirty years? No, that's not it. That, okay. That's, that thirty twenty is twenty years. That's the pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. And let me get back to that. So, okay. <laughs> The counterbalance. So most pendulum swings are the pen, the weight is down at the bottom of the pendulum, right? Correct. I thought, okay, after reading all this stuff, I was like, huh, why don't I put the weight at the top of the thing and let it, you know, let it swing that way? And then you have a long rod, and I thought that would be visually pleasing because. Wait a minute. I'm how would a, you? I, I can't see how that would look. You, you, so okay, you put you put the weight at the top of the rod. There's a pivot point between it and the lower rod. Mm-hmm. So the so it's counterbalancing. Oh, so it's a rod, not a not a. a it's not thread. necessarily it's okay. a, a string. Okay. Uh, getting, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped over that part. Where it's a rod of varying lengths. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's really box me up for a long as the weight is constant it's the the period of the it's the length of the string that determine it does not matter on the weight for some reason i don't understand still it doesn't seem to matter on the weight you can bury the weight and it doesn't seem to make any difference as where it is on the on the pendulum spectrum i'm mm. not sure how i'm saying that that's what, that's what, the, there's, the, anyway, but what's going on there is there's a lack of confidence in that, am, am I actually, do I actually, do I actually have something? And what I think in my mind is executive toys because of, of uh, Newton's swing, and not Newton's swing, 
Newton's yeah. cradle. Newton's, swing. Newton's cradle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. You. yeah. And so, so eventually this evolved where I would, uh, uh, Newton's cradle, then I said, okay, I need a really good marketing term. So then it evolved in, in like putting little like uh, rocks on the top as the counterbalance. So you'd sell different sets of rocks to so it look different, like designers can match it to the house or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> and the name would be Relativity Rocks. <laughs> I love it because it it's very it's, because it is very relative. The pendulum itself stays in stays in its period, but when you put them together with other pendulums of different period times, it's it becomes relative. They mm. become relative, and you, you there's if you haven't spent some time, spend a little time watching the video of these things in action. And start watching that there are times where they different parts of the pendulum align again. So they, uh, I mean, that's the snaky thing, but it does this constantly. They're, they're, they um, form and form and dissolve groups of periods that are in sync all through the all through the cycle. But isn't that it's like a, a uh, localized gravitic? issues it's like the the, the gra gravity is because we think gravity is a constant right but is it possible that it's is that why sometimes i'm like feel like i'm going to tip over because gravity is like oh no I, not that a could constant. Be old age. i feel that all the time <laughs> really okay so, so it's not... so it's, lo it's a localized uh gra gravity phenomenon localized gravitic phenomenon yeah um that would be microgravity right like, mm -hmm. and so hmm i don't think i don't think the damn damn you, you now i've got another 20 years to figure <laughs> out this i don't think the gravity between the objects that swing is enough i i, I see that it might you don't think there's slow. enough of a, you don't think there's I don't enough think of a it's variation enough for them to sink to sink up to uh, okay. Yeah, I think I think the period is what does it, not the gravity between the objects. But so you I don't haven't think thought this... of that. Yeah, really? I you haven't no, thought, thought, you haven't thought the of the gravity. possibility of uh, localized gra uh, gravitic no. variations. So now, so listen, now you got me going. Okay, so we're going to put magnets where the magnetic field is close enough that they influence each other. You've seen this on those. Yeah. perpetual motion things yeah so that the so that the magnet would would eventually they're gonna it's gonna pull them all together and they're gonna stop but right. the thing about it is is could you set it up where the field of, of the magnet was enough to provide ec extra energy without distracting it from the whole system mm. and that's an that's an so the whole thing is like a it's a it's not just a toy. It's a mental way of looking at periods and frequencies and, and energies and all kinds of stuff. 
and it plays i think that would really be good if you're stuck on a problem work on this thing and let it open up your mind to some of the variables that are out there yeah so man anyway now i have to read all of edward hall's books because he's got a ton oh, of them. <laughs> Read read the time one. The, 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 I ne- like I said, I never did hidden dimension, um, but I guess I need to do it I, because it's if he does space like he does time, it will it will it will it will profoundly change the way you look at things. It oh, did really? me. It it did me. I it's like I said, I probably need to revisit it because I remember stuff. I remember parts of it, but I don't remember the whole thing. Mm. He does Edward Hall, but you might try this. Uh, do ever do an image search with Edward T. Hall and see he's got a I don't want to say Mandela, but he's got a time some sometime Mandela where we have religious time. We have he's got time on a you know in a in a circle, I guess. Let's see if I can find it. Time in a circle. Yeah, there's spiritual time. There the different types of time. And the book itself is breaks down each one of those. Let's see if I'm Edward T. Hall. I'd be surprised that Wikipedia doesn't have it on there somewhere. So I should start with the silent language. Is that what you're saying? That's what that, I've never read the rest of them. That was enough. That's the only one you read. <laughs> the only one I read. I bought the other one. And it made you so insane. It made you so insane that uh, you decided not to read the rest. <laughs> it did. It, it unhinged me. It, it, uh, this, this is this is the paper where I said I was where you're unhinged. You're unhinged in time. time I, I was right. unhinged. I don't know how long. I always say it's about thirty minutes. Where I where you you're in the brink. The brink of madness, and you pull yourself back. Um, I guess that's what I'm going to say. Mm. Um, the guy that did Gregor, something that did the Aleph, uh, the Alephs of Infinity. Mm-hmm. You know about that guy? No, this is new. Okay, what's it called? You know there there are multiple infinities, and some are bigger than others. There are multiple infinities. Yes. How can there be multiple infinities? I mean, the Wait, whole concept. You, you, you talk about <laughs> oh, you talk about something really hard to grasp. Is in so his this is like 1850s, 60 or so, and he went mad trying to figure this out. But it, it's a his last name is Gregor, and let me do the Edward P. Hall thing, then we'll do Gregor. And let's do that. Come up with images. Proximix was invented by uh, Edward Hall, right? He also invented Proximus. I don't know that he invented it, but he certainly probably broke it down. The study Um, of human space, human use of space, and the effects of population density has on behavior, communication, on social interaction. That is really interesting. Yeah. Wow, this is really cool. So, so let's see. I don't see the Mandela thing that I'm thinking of. Man, you, you, uh, I love talking to you, man. You, you, you expand my brain. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you do the, I mean, you, you give me problems that I had, hadn't really thought about. <laughs> Microgravity on, on, on uh, 
Yeah, I just yes. I just throw wrenches. So, at the okay, <laughs> if I'm expanding your brain, have you um, um, have you heard of Erdos numbers? E E R D O S. No, I have not. What are those? Okay, so this is this is a prime number theorist, and and I I'm really terrible in math. You have no idea how bad I am. But there's there's this field of math called prime number theory that just fascinates me because there there are million digit prime numbers and that blows my mind. What? Okay, so million digit prime numbers. How the hell? I know exist? it blows your mind. <laughs> And and there's like there's like a prime number trap. I can't really predict where they where the prime numbers are, but there's a trap that that they use. And I've forgotten what it is, but it's a, it's a it's kind of like a limit. You you work in, and there's there's you there are probably computer programs that, that generate primes, and I'm pretty sure there is because it's how uh, encryption works. They use prime numbers as the key. Well, this Erdos number is basically like the, the Kevin Bacon thing, right? Kinda. Six degrees of separation. Right, right. It's like distance, collaborative distance between the mathematician Paul Erdos and another person. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like that, but it, it preceded Kevin Bacon by about probably oh, yeah. five years or so. Def definitely preceded, preceded the Bacon. The, the and he's, a, he's, he's an interesting Bacon. guy, too. Uh, I read a book on him probably several years ago and he so he had this thing that he liked to add uh letters at the end of his name right you know how phd and all this kind of stuff yeah he yeah. would invent stuff and just put it out there you know <laughs> so D doctor honestly, of something or other <laughs> there there are you know you know, i've told you before that nasa hate how i hated weekly notes mm -hmm. well it became an exercise of Right, create your own acronyms. I would create my own acronyms, <laughs> which meant I'd have to tell them what they meant because, but if somewhere in NASA's archives are my acronyms. <laughs> oh, really? It's, they're totally made up. I'm just, uh, you know, and if they were funny, that that made it funnier for me. It's, See, uh, it's the only reason I made. Make, uh, see and that's that's your that's that's your your progeny that's what you've that was that's what you've thrown out into the world and then we'll live gonna, forever they're gonna find it yeah we'll live forever gonna find it about 10 billion years from now and i said that guy is at nasa he's just kind of weird there'll be they'll be picking you apart yeah <laughs> try to figure they'll, they'll out. go back because i got a long history you know i've got a big footprint that's that's uh, my friends it's like you need to clean up your Facebook. For, and I said, "What? Facebook? That's nothing. <laughs> you ought to see my. You snapped back from ten years ago. There's no way I can clean up my. You know, if they want to find something about me, great. Yeah, find everything you wrong. But then they're going to say, "What about? I'm going to ask them, what did you find that I did right? Because mm -hmm. there's probably more of that than there is that I did wrong. Exactly." Exactly. So that's that's your that is your uh, that's your that's your uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Edge. No, no. The fence. <laughs> it's uh, it's like oh, I forget. That's your legacy. That's your legacy right there. It's going to be there forever. Yeah, I I remember 
uh, going to uh, Dragon Con. I went to Dragon Con in Atlanta. The first year, the first year I went, I went to a lot of the uh, uh, the uh, breakout session. I don't know what they call them. And I had one on forensic uh, forensic data, uh, for, forensic digital for, forensic investigations, or something like that. Where the the speaker was a who went in and did the due diligence for corporations on people they were going to hire, mm-hmm. and they were you know, um, and the I pointed out to the group it was like packed room, and I said, you know, we're we're not doing it the way we're supposed to because we're making it we're making it easy for them to identify us. And we're mm-hmm. doing that by using social security numbers, which were never meant to be social security numbers the way they were using them. Right. They were only meant for government identification only. Yeah. But, you know, they, we, we lost that. Um, and I would talk about is that uh, I don't care if what they find is what else do they find? If they only find, it's not hard to find a problem. I mean, it's, it's not hard to find a problem. No, it's hard to find a solution. Yeah. So, yeah, problems are a plenty. Uh, there's plenty. more than the there's more than the known universe. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun on Paul Erdos and, and multi digit uh, prime numbers. I, I'm, I, I will tell you, that's what when you start going into multi digit prime numbers led me to multiple infinities because it just it just. You can get it. Um, I think I got. I, I, I wasn't smart enough to read the book, so I, read, <laughs> I had an audio book at the time, and it talks about. I think there's a book on that on Audible about infinities, and it's it's a good listen. Uh, it will blow your mind. I mean, when you start talking about meta, you you really under you need to understand there are multiple metas too. So yeah, well. I need to. I need that because I just finished. I'm just in the process of finishing Plato's Republic, so I need another mind-expanding listen. So I'll get right on that. And I gotta go. It's late. okay. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, bye. bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.